Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, Timeless Wisdom to Enrich Every Day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, August 30th. Face every trial cheerfully. Don't shrink from it, but thrust your chest out and accept the test bravely. Remember, you cannot avoid trouble anyway. Trials are like dogs. If they threaten you, confront them with courage and they'll run away. But if you yourself run away, they'll give eager chase. Well, that's not a very cheerful image, is it? That you don't want to be chased by dogs. Good Lord having the courage to stand up and face them. By trial, Swami means every, everything that happens to you in life that tests your equanimity, your courage, your faith in God, your cheerfulness, your ability to persevere. You know, life is just full of trials, just every single day. Even just the, the ability just to carry out our duties day after day. Uh, there was a book, I never read the book, but I loved the title, the woman was the mother of five children, and the book was about mothering. And the title of the book was, uh, Didn't I Just Feed You Yesterday? <laughs> Which I always really loved, because if you've ever had to raise children or take care of children, it's an enormously physical job. A huge part of raising children has to do with just maintaining their physical bodies, cleaning them, putting them down to rest, feeding them, keeping them from cracking into pieces or getting diseases, all the things that can happen. It's just, one has a, a, an elevated image of it, and that side of it, building character, it, helping them to enjoy life, training them in all the important ways that you can train children, all of that is also there. But there's just this physical element that just never stops. That's why the mother with five children, didn't I just feed you yesterday? I mean, like, how often do you need to be fed? It's never-ending. So one of the serious trials of life is simply life itself. There was a famous expression, I believe it was Thoreau, most men live lives of quiet desperation. I remember hearing that very young and it just made my blood run cold. It still does, actually. And unfortunately, the older I get, the more I understand that. It's just like one finds oneself past past the um, wild expectations of youth, just the, the idea that it's all going to turn out the way I want it to turn out. Um, that, you know, there's like up until the age of 30 or even 40, we still think it's going to work. We're going to get lots of money. We're going to have the perfect job. Everything's going to come out. There comes to be a certain point somewhere around those years or earlier, depending on how your life goes, where there's just this realization goes that life is just much harder and much more of a struggle than I thought it was going to be. Yogananda put it this way, he said, life is a battle for joy um, and, and you have to fight the battle for joy in the moment and in the place where you are standing right now. I'm, I'm adding words to what he said, but that's what he meant. It's a struggle for joy, it's not automatic. And we gradually come to realize the effort that's required just to keep putting one foot in front of the other and to keep going forward. Now, 
whether we consider that to be arduous or just merely the nature of life and we accept it with great enthusiasm um, is, is a choice that we have, but it's a choice based on a degree of self-mastery. I had a young friend, young in this case meaning a teenager, who had a certain philosophical interest in the path that I'm on, and we were friends, and he knew about what my life was about, and I, we talked openly about it because he was interested. But the older he got, the more he began to shy away from the life I was living because it looked like too much renunciation to him. He had worldly desires, has worldly desires, and he wanted to fulfill them. He wanted money, he wanted comfort, he wanted adventure, he wanted many different things, none of which were awful in itself. He was a refined person, is a refined person. But he had those desires, and he wasn't really attracted to a path that would made it, made it look to him like he would have to give those up. So I, I wanted him to take what, what was, would still be beneficial. So I asked him a question. I said, what is the greatest obstacle that you can see to the achievement of the success that you would like to have in whatever field? And he's a thoughtful man. He stopped for a moment. He said, myself. Because that, that's always true. How hard we work, how afraid we are, how vulnerable we are to criticism. Just list it. It's all a question of overcoming the limitations within myself so that I can go forward and do what I want to accomplish. So I said the essence of the path of self-realization, of yoga, of meditation, is self-mastery. If you can gain self-mastery, then you can direct that freed energy to whatever you want to direct it to. He was interested and not unpersuaded, but also not inclined to follow. So it was his choice. But he got my point. So what's, what Swami's talking here, face every trial cheerfully, is let's just say moving beyond the simple trial of the necessity to put out energy. I wanted to put one more thing in here. When we, we have a, in Ananda Palo Alto, where this is broadcasting from, we have a, 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 we have a school. We have a primary school, K through 8, which is about 30 years old, and then 9 through 12 is maybe in its fourth or fifth year at this point. The high school is just developing. The primary school is well developed. Um, when we were starting the primary school, which was now several decades ago, and we were trying to sort of think, n- not just you know the science that they need to know, the math that they need to know, but what, what, who do we want these children to be when they leave, when they graduate from our school? What, what do we want our lasting imprint on their lives to be. And one of the interesting things that we came up with, because we are a private school, a tuition-based school, uh, our tuition is, is, we have a generous scholarship policy, let's put it that way, and our tuition is not at the high end, it's right in the middle, but we are a private school. Um, and so, for the most part, our children come from comfortable, you might even say privileged families. And nowadays, children are encouraged to build their resume from the time that they're five. So the idea of after-school jobs and working to earn money, it's, it's where it was very common when I was growing up. It's not at all common nowadays. It's considered to be more valuable to train in your sport so you can get a scholarship when you go to college than it is to earn money to go to college, which I think is a terrible loss for the building of character but I'm not, I'm not the king of the universe, so I don't get to make these decisions. 
But one of the things we realized in just watching the success or failure of adults, especially young adults, is that, that people need to understand the relationship between energy and money, between work and money. If you grow up where your father or your mother does all the work and all you get is the money, or the money in the result of all the privilege that you have, you never really understand that in order to have affluence, you have to put out energy to get it. And we, we just decided as much as we're able in our context to teach children that effort brings result and lack, lack of effort will cause you to be impoverished, whatever the field you're working with. So coming back to this, in addition to just facing life itself, the actual realities of life cheerfully, life will send us all kinds of ch- additional challenges uncongenial bosses, companies that get sold, relationships that don't turn out the way we expect, physical health challenges, problems for those people that we love who get in trouble. Face every trial cheerfully. Above all, he says, don't shrink from it. You see, a a challenge to us is like a wave like this. And if we can meet the wave at its crest and expand our enthusiasm and expand our capabilities and see it as as a a fun challenge rather than an overwhelming requirement, then the challenge is this big and we're, we get ourselves this big and then it doesn't bother us at all. The way most people deal with challenges, many people deal with challenges, is they just outlast it. And over time, we you know, we're about this big in front of it and we just wait until enough time passes that it's smaller than we are. We don't grow. We think we've overcome things, but we haven't. We've just hunkered down and outlasted them. And it it doesn't do anything for our overall development. Then the next time a trial comes, it just seems even, even bigger and more overwhelming. Swami says, thrust out your heart and meet it, which is he's also being a little bit esoteric when he's saying that because <coughs> the, the heart chakra is the the seat of our likes and dislikes and our likes and dislikes are the are the energy behind our fears what we fear is really just something that we dislike that we think is going to interrupt our pleasure and our ease and what we like is what we think is going to support our pleasure and our ease and when you thrust your heart out to meet the challenge we're opening ourselves to whatever comes with the belief that that all so much of this is just in the eye of the beholder. Yogananda said, circumstances are always neutral. Whether we perceive and experience them as happy or sad depends on the orientation of the mind. I mean, that's a very challenging thing to say. But if you begin to practice it, you realize that everything is just a matter, well, I learned this in an interesting way. Everything is a matter of the patient application of willpower. Just whatever the issue is, just patiently continuing to use our willpower to to work through it and go forward. And we might as well do that cheerfully because we really have no choice. Um, As someone put it, I think, rather well, we might want to lay down and die, but it's just not that easy to do. You can lay down being determined to die, And after a period of time, something will force you out of the bed. The phone will ring, and you won't be able to resist answering it. Or you'll get hungry, 
or you'll need fresh air, or nature will call you off of the bed into the bathroom. I mean, these things will just happen, even if we try to give up. And I'm not making fun of deep depression or anything like that. I'm just talking about when when courage fails us. We're going to have to do it anyway, sooner or later. And if you believe, as I deeply do, in the law of karma, we also realize that the test is the right size. The test is given to us, not to break us, but to, to challenge, to inspire us to, to discover inner resources that we wouldn't know we had until we have to face them. That's why often trials concern not only ourselves, but the people we love. Because whereas for oneself, there might be an inclination to just shrink and forget it. But when other people that you love are also involved, when you have to find another job in order to support your family, when you have to stay awake all night at the hospital in order to hold the hand of your wife or your child, when your aging parents just simply need something of you, and no matter how inconvenient or expensive or or sacrificial that may have to be for you, you have to do it out of love, out of duty, out of righteousness. So why not just make a habit? And we should practice when we're easier, when it's easier. Which is don't wait for the life-threatening event to come, but just make it a habit of whenever something comes that seems a little challenging, instead of procrastinating and hoping that if I ignore it, it will go away, step into it. This is the meaning of when Jesus said, if someone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the left also. If someone asks of you your coat, then give him your cloak as well. What, what that saying is, instead of trying to become small in the face of challenge, try to become bigger. Step into it with your whole committed will. And then Swami gives us this image. When you turn and face the dogs, the dogs will run away. But if you run away, they'll just chase you. And it simply doesn't work. At a certain point in our life, it's not a matter of philosophy or dogma or anything. It's just, wow, that just doesn't work. Whereas courageous determination brings us everything that we truly seek. So, face every trial cheerfully. Don't shrink from it, but thrust your chest out and accept the test bravely. Remember, you cannot avoid trouble anyway. Trials are like dogs. If they threaten you, confront them with courage and they'll run away. But if you yourself run away, they'll give eager chase. Joy to you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you. Thank you.